Welcome to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with Dr. Paul Ortiz. He's a professor of history and the director of the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program here at the University of Florida. He's here to tell us about a special event that's happening on Thursday, October 12th at 6 p.m. at the Cotton Club. Cotton Club Museum and Cultural Center is the full name and is at 837 Southeast 7th Avenue in Gainesville. And this is part of an ongoing series. And Paul, you're the one who knows the stuff. Let's hear about it. Well, thank you, Sue, for having me back. It's really exciting. To, I love to be uh, back at WFT Studios. Um, yes, we have on October 12th, the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program at UF is co-sponsoring an event with the Cotton Club Museum and Cultural Center. Uh, many of your listeners know the remarkable Miss Vivian Filer, um, who is uh, the head of that center. And the event is called Welcoming Black Faculty to Higher Education, a Racial Justice Town Hall. Um, this is a what's become a three-year project, which was actually launched, you may remember, back in 2020, um, UF President Kent Fox designated the year of 2020-2021, the academic year, as an emphasis on the black experience, uh, racism, inequality, um, anti-racism. And basically in the wake of that, the UF Office of Research made available um, a grant competition to units at the University of Florida to study African-American history, uh, different racial histories as well. Um, so the Proctor Program, uh, through the leadership of Dr. Sharon Austin, who is a professor of political science, uh, we put in a grant proposal. And it was based on some numbers, which I'll run by you. I'm not normally a numbers person, um, but the numbers were, were kind of shocking to us. And so one of the numbers that was shocking to us was that um, African Americans make up 15% of the Florida population. That's not shocking, but what is shocking is that Black faculty at UF only make up 6.5% of the faculty. And when you talk about the student body, it's even worse. The number, the percentage of African-American students at UF has been falling. It's down to about 5.6%. In 571 departments at the University of Florida, 71% of those departments have no black faculty. They have zero black faculty. So we put this grant proposal together as a research question. Why is this the case? Why such a low percentage of black faculty and students at UF? Um, and most importantly, what can we do about it? What are some steps that we've taken recently? That Because obviously UF is, is trying to make the place more diverse. We just received a number one ranking by Wall Street Journal. Uh, part of that ranking was based on diversity, right? And so what can we do to improve diversity? Because... UF, especially our first hundred years of our history as an institution and our precursors, we were an all-white, you know, mainly all-male, all mainly all-Protestant institution, right? But we've changed some things, and we've gotten some things really right. Like last night, I was at the opening of the renaming of the Jewish Studies Center in honor of Bud Shorstein, who was a dear friend of Governor Bob Graham. We have an incredible Center for Jewish Studies we have approximately 9,000 Jewish students at the University of Florida, so that's a great achievement that we've made. Um, but we're lagging in terms of African-American student and, and faculty participation and presence at the University of Florida. So that's what the, the Advancing Racial Justice Grant was based upon, and the town hall that we're having, Sue, on Thursday, October 12th, 
at the Cotton Club Museum at 6 p.m., which, by the way, is hybrid and also in person. All of our Proctor programs. And uh, open to the public. Open to the public. Very much open to the public. We want to kind of get together and talk about it isn't just about the faculty at UF. It's how do we build a more inclusive, more equitable society, uh, a society where we can talk about things like equality of opportunity, right? Um, And so we've been interviewing both current African-American faculty um, and other faculty who are still here at UF or maybe who have left to talk to them about how can we create a more inclusive educational environment? So even though the study features interviews with faculty at UF, I think it's really broadly applicable to any other type of educational association or even a firm or a nonprofit that's trying to think through these issues of equity, especially in this day and age in the state of Florida. Wow, it sounds like a a great presentation. And you have some speakers. And how did you choose the speakers for this event? Well, one of the things we wanted to do, Sue, was to think about um, people who really have been focused on these questions of equity, of inclusion. Um, I'm happy to say two of the panelists are uh, current and former students of mine. Dr. (laughs) Raja Rahim was a history PhD student here at the University of Florida, a brilliant graduate student here. Uh, Raj is now an assistant professor of history at Appalachian State University, and so she's going to talk about her experiences at UF and also as a junior faculty member at Appalachian State. Um, As a younger black scholar, she's going to talk about, you know, what do institutions, um, what are we doing right? Uh, What what can we improve upon? Um, Another panelist, Allison Mitchell, is another UF alum. Um, She was a double major here. She graduated um, with honors in African-American studies and history, and she's now a PhD candidate at the University of Virginia. Um, I'm very uh, proud to be on her dissertation committee. Uh, She's finishing at the end of this academic year, and Allison is also going to talk about a similar range of questions. You know, as as a young black person in in higher ed, Um, how has she achieved success? What lessons can we learn from her experiences? How can we be better in terms of welcoming, um, you know, faculty of color into higher education? And then rounding out the panel are two, uh, well, powerhouse Dr. Sharon Austin, multiple award winner, uh, former chair of African-American studies, and currently professor of political science at UF. So Dr. Austin was actually the lead uh, primary investigator uh, for this research initiative. And she's working on a piece that's based on the oral histories that the Proctor Program conducted for this research project with Dr. Yergo Topolitis, um, who's uh, another UF alum. He is currently teaching at Flagler College, but he graduated with his PhD here. And when he was working with the Proctor Program as a grad research assistant, he did a lot of, he led a lot of these oral history interviews with current uh, black faculty um, and former UF black faculty. Wow, well this sounds like an incredible presentation. It's gonna be really exciting because we're having, you know, it's really, like I said, you know, and on the one hand you could say, well, it is about UF, how to make UF better, but on the other hand, there's going to be a lot of educators there from different types of educational institutions and just members of the general public because, you know, we do want to make our society more inclusive. We do want to make our society more welcoming. Uh, but that's easier said than done. So what can we do to make those things happen? Um, we will have refreshments. We will have a lot of, like, educational things like booklets to hand out. 
people can learn how they can gain access to these really incredible interviews. Um, a lot of your listeners, I know, are familiar with the Joel Buchanan uh, Oral History Archive. Um, and so we'll have stations there where people can actually listen to oral history interviews, um, including some of these that were done for the project. So you can hear, I mean, that's why I got into history. I, you know, I, the archival stuff is great, but I just, you know me, I mean, I just love listening to people, mm-hmm. learning from Brings them. it to life. Brings it to life. And so that's really what we're doing on, on October 12th at the Cotton Club. That's wonderful. We're going to take a break in just a few seconds, and we'll get into more of the different programs that you have, as well as what the uh, Samuel Proctor Oral History Program is all about. So um, we're going to be back in just a few minutes, and uh, please stick with us. Welcome back to Tell Me About It on WUFT 89.1 and 90.1. I'm Sue Wagner here today with Dr. Paul Ortiz. He's a professor of history and also the director of the Samuel Proctor Oral History Project here at the University of Florida. And he's really brought this center up to being something absolutely amazing. And tell us a little bit more. People may not understand what it is or actually how they can gain access. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sue, for asking. And the Samuel Proctor Oral History Program, we have been at the University of Florida since 1967. We were founded by an incredible half-century-plus teacher at UF, Samuel Proctor. Um, And Dr. Proctor believed that oral history was a distinct kind of history where instead of just going to kind of a dusty, musty archive, we talk to people who are living about living history. And he felt that it was really important. um, At at the time that Dr. Proctor started our program, he was one of a very few, a very low number of Jewish faculty members. And Sam had to face a lot of anti-Semitism on campus in the broader community. Um, He saw a lot of sexism and racism. And he saw oral history as being a way to really um, deal with those types of, of forms of oppression. And I, we're, we're simply trying to carry on his tradition. And by letting people tell their own story, it turns out that that's one of the most powerful ways to break down stereotypes, for example. Um, one of the exciting projects we're working on now, our students are always on the go. Um, the type of student that comes into a university-based oral history program, you know, there's, they're the kind of student that wants to get off campus. They're the kind of student that's questioning, that's thinking about, you know, what's my place in society? Um, maybe there's things I see that are going wrong, and I want to get out of campus and try to figure out what's, what, you know, how to, how to grapple with those things. So we actually have a bunch of students right now who are in Pennsylvania, and they're interviewing Uh, descendants of freedom seekers and conductors of the Underground Railroad. Oh, that's interesting. It's such a cool project, Sue. And they're actually, they're interviewing people who fought their way out of slavery, who created the most remarkable social movement in American history, which was the Underground Railroad. It was a secret um, yet open way that eventually tens of thousands of people found freedom through. Um, The people who set up the Underground Railroad risked their lives. Many of them were killed. Um, Many of them were actually killed after the end of slavery because there was a lot of anger from the dominant society about people helping African-American slaves get to freedom, to Mexico, to Canada, to the Bahamas and other points in between. 
So because it was a secret organization, there have been some really good books about it. One Grant Still's uh, book, Underground Railroad, of course. But again, the secrecy of the, of the Underground Railroad didn't lend itself to a lot of information about the institution. So, for example, when Frederick Douglass publishes his first autobiography, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass in 19, uh, I'm sorry, in 1845, he's very coy about how he escaped to freedom using the Underground Railroad because he doesn't want to... He doesn't um, want to let people know exactly where it is. Exactly. He doesn't want to uh, expose other people to harm who helped him to, to freedom. So there's a lot of things we don't know about the Underground Railroad that our students at UF are learning now by interviewing descendants of people who both set up pathways to freedom, some of which stretch all the way from Florida to Cuba and the Bahamas, or from the low country of South Carolina through, through the eastern shore of Maryland to Canada. I mean, these are epic journeys to freedom, if you think about it, Sue, because back then there are no cars, there's no cell phones, there's no roads. To make it to freedom from, like, say, the Great Dismal Swamp in Virginia, that's another place where we've had a lot of UF students interview descendants. Um, and their ancestors, actually, some of them, escaped to the Great Dismal Swamp. And your listeners who don't know what that is in Virginia, it, it is what it sounds like. It's great, and it's dismal, and it's an enormous swamp. Um, and so we have a lot of, um, our students now have this opportunity, thanks to a grant that we, re- we received from the National Park Service, to do these interviews. I'm, I'm taking a, a team of students out, for example, um, this Sunday to the Bay Area, and we're interviewing one of the people we're interviewing was Professor William Gould IV. Now, William Gould I was an escaped slave who escapes to freedom early in the Civil War and becomes um, uh, a sailor and fights with the Union Navy and becomes a war hero. And so a lot of these stories, and then William Gould IV finds his ancestor's diary in an attic and publishes it. And so there's all these incredible stories that oral history brings to light and what I'm most excited, Sue, about the Underground Railroad Project is, you know, yeah, we're interviewing living people, but they're able to tell us so much more about older histories that we didn't know before. Uh, but sometimes you just have to ask. Wow, that's amazing. You talked about another project that's coming up in the spring. Give us a quick overview of that yeah, one. So every summer since I've been here, Sue, at the University of Florida since 2008, and um, I've always loved field work. I've always, I've, I'm one of those people who, as a student, wanted to get out of the seminar room, you know. And, uh, and so every summer, I've taken a group of UF students to the Mississippi Delta. And initially, we went to interview people who've been active, especially in Freedom Summer, in the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, um, that, that incredible history. And since that time, um, since 08, we've been interviewing people in a much broader kind of array of, of modalities, if you will. So we've interviewed immigration rights activists. We've interviewed a lot of teachers who teach civil rights history. Um, we've interviewed um, labor organizers, you know, women's rights groups, things like that. And so um, and also a big part of the trip now it consists in staying a couple of days in Montgomery, Alabama, going to that incredible Equal Justice Initiative um, Museum from Slavery to Mass Incarceration and then the National um, Anti-Lynching Memorial. And so I've taken students on this trip 
in the summer, last a week and a day. Uh, and s- students refer to it. They, they, years later, they write back or they call me and they're like, you know, that trip changed my life. And it, it helped me on to my career as a journalist, as an attorney, as a doctor, as a teacher, whatever the case may be. So um, in the spring, early in the spring semester, we don't have a date yet, Sue, but we'll actually um, have a panel of students from this past summer's trip um, talk about their experiences. I mean, one of the places we went to was Elaine, Arkansas, and some of your listeners might be aware of the, the water crisis in Arkansas right now, and the county that we were doing interviews in, that's one of the counties that's, that you cannot find potable water anywhere. I mean, we went into McDonald's, and they didn't, there was no coffee, there's no shake machine working, there's no soda, nothing. And people are finding ways to kind of come together and grapple with that. But if you talk about things, people use, historians use the term unfinished legacy or unfinished activities of the civil rights movement. That would have to be one of them, um, right? And so our students are able to to connect, you know, what happened in the 60s? What were the unfinished um, things that people couldn't quite achieve? Um, And when you go to Arkansas, when you go to Mississippi, and I'm especially excited to take students, our students who maybe maybe they grew up in West Palm or Gainesville or Miami, and a lot of them have never been into what we call the rural, you know, in the Panhandle or, or the Delta. And so it's really fun. It's a learning experience for them. Um, the cool thing about oral history is it's unscripted. Anything can happen. And a lot of the things I do as a teacher in a classroom is, you know, I try to create a place that's, you know, that's inclusive, that people feel comfortable and feel safe, et cetera, et cetera. Can't do that out in the field because you're, everything's unscripted. You never know what's going to happen next. And it really creates some uh, amazing learning opportunities. Well, this is truly amazing. We're, we're about running out of time here, but give us the web address so that people can find out more information, not only about the town hall, but the oral history program as well. So for your listeners, you can just, you can either find us through oralhistory.ufl.org, um, or you can just Google the uh, SPOP, S-P-O-H-P, or UF Oral History. Um, for the town hall on October 12th at 6 p.m. at the Cotton Club, you can also call us um, at 352-392-7168, um, and we'll be happy to give you more information um, your listeners might be interested in the Joel, Bu- Joel Buchanan Archive of African-American Oral History. Uh, some of your listeners may have known Mr. Buchanan. He was a pioneering civil rights activist in Florida. And you can actually log on and listen to those interviews okay. through the UFDC or University of Florida Digital Collection. And that's UFDC.org. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, thank you, Paul. Um, Paul Ortiz, for being here today. And we appreciate getting all this advanced knowledge. Well, thank you, Sue, for having me. It's always great to be back here. Thanks. That was Dr. Paul Ortiz from the UF Samuel Proctor Oral History Project on today's episode of Tell Me About It. To listen to previous episodes of the show, go online at wuft.org slash tellmeaboutit or on the WUFT media app. I'm Sue Wagner on Tell Me About It on WUFT.